Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, we're, we're in the middle of a series. I haven't even named this series. We're just rolling with it. And we kind of talked, started with the, the idea of God has called us all to come into agreement. Uh, the Bible says two cannot walk together unless you're in agreement. And so it's really important that we agree with God. We look at his word. Jesus looked at the word. He agreed with the word. He was empowered. The Holy Spirit used the word to create an avenue for him to make a difference on the earth. And so agreement, he then aligned. And then his assignment was to give his life, lay his life down so that we could be saved and have the promise of eternal life. Come on, who knows that's good news? Um, sinners saved by God's grace. We can be empowered to live our best life, a life which is effective, not just for the short period of time on the earth, but a life that goes beyond that. It goes outside the frame of time and even our understanding. And we're just thankful that we can come home into God's presence and God's ordained purpose for our life. It's a great thing to be a part of. Then we, we spoke about how you need to stretch out your hands. So the process is we align, we come into alignment with what we learn about the Bible. We, we, we get connected with his scriptures and his ways and we do that. And then we, the process isn't always straightforward. Some of you have probably realized that. You come to faith, you're excited, you're buzzing, there's a honeymoon period like there is isn't often in a relationship. And then you start to come into a situation like Noah where you're on an ark. There's a situation where you're, I think I know where God's called me to go, what God's called me to build. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking for breakthrough. He's looking for the waters to recede. And, and it said at the beginning, he went to and fro, the raven went to and fro. Sometimes life looks like going back and forward for a while. Initially, you're trying to figure out the process. Am I doing the right thing? Is my, are my methods correct? Um, maybe you're working on yourself, my personality. Why do people not want to be friends with me? Or why am I offending everyone? Well, it's good to kind of go back and forward a little bit and ask some questions. Hey, is it all of the, those people that are offended at me or, or, or maybe I'm the problem? And as you process that, then eventually, I believe if you don't give up, you'll get there. And it might look like seasons of nothing. No breakthrough, it might look, but you're, you're still on your feet. You're still trying. You're still asking questions. You're staying humble. And I'm telling you, you will then, like Noah, they then sent out the dove and eventually came with a little branch, a little bit of hope, a little bit of breakthrough. Maybe a relationship as you're trying to connect in with groups or with people at church or, or with God in his presence. You just sent something different. Just a little bit of hope. It took a while. You didn't give up. You believed the word. You back, went back and forward. When, when you're younger, what do you do? You go back and forward, trying to figure life out, getting your bearings, and then eventually breakthrough came. And so what we were really trying to talk about was what life looks like when you're walking with God. It's not like you just, if God tells you to start a group, for instance, and you're going to get 20 people on the first night and every night from then. It's not like that. Um, it, it can often start with failure. Life can often start with us getting it wrong and realize that God, um, doesn't, God doesn't give us chairs. He gives us trees. It's our job to build and create and use our brain 
use our abilities. And sometimes in order to access those abilities, it looks like seasons of nothing, seasons of failure. Because in the seasons of failure, that's where we dig deep. That's where we actually use the capacity of our brain power, our creativity. It's in seasons of drought. That's where we begin to dig deeper and start to get creative ideas. When we get everything, we're spoiled. We're not working at 100% capacity. We're not actually probably even close. Actually, the seasons that God builds you often are the seasons with nothing. When they're sending the raven out and nothing's happening. When you're sending the dove out and it's coming back with nothing in its beak. That's the season where you start to get deeper. That's the season where you start to develop prayer. That's the season where you start to ask the questions which will build your identity in Christ. Can I get an amen? So don't be discouraged if nothing's happening, even though you feel like you're doing everything right. Don't be discouraged. Keep going. Keep self-evaluating. Keep asking the questions. Keep asking for help. Keep staying in community. Do not give up. You might be closer than you think. Can I get an amen? But together, or sorry, today I want to focus on the next step, which is exactly that. Don't give up. Stay together. Don't, have you ever seen on the Discovery Channel or maybe, I love watching wildlife videos on YouTube at night, just lions and stuff and, you know, just anything, usually lions, to be honest. Just find it, it's so fascinating just how wildlife operates and, and you can see the lion is, the, is praying, wanting a good feed. And it's looking not for the big buffaloes. It's looking for the small, isolated, weak buffaloes. And, and when they get isolated, they can still be weak, but be in the herd. And if they're weak in the, in the herd, they're still strong because they're together in the herd. But as soon as they get isolated, whether it be an injury, whether it be just distraction, or, or they run the opposite direction of, of, of their, their crew, of their group, of their herd, that's when the lion realizes there's a feed on the way. That's who they're going, targeting. And this is why it's so important in life, in church. Some of us are feeling discouraged in our faith. Some of, us, some of us are feeling like giving up. Some of us are feeling like I, the assignment I thought I had, I give up on it. And I don't know what happened, but I'm telling you, I honestly believe some of the reasons and maybe the potential reason for that is often because we got isolated and we're, we think we're together, but we're not. We're distracted. We think we're a part of church, but we're not really. We think we're accessing God's plan for his saints God's plan for his disciples. We think we're that, but we're actually not. And so therefore, the results are, are that of. And so the best thing I can do for you today is try to expose that, not so you get discouraged, but so you see the truth, and then the truth will set you free to make the right actions, to make the right choices, so that then you start to feel connected again, so then you start to see breakthrough, so that then you start to see little branches in the dove's mouth. So, so then you don't just give up because the, the second dove didn't work, or, or had to wait a week, or had to wait a period of time. It's all throughout the Scriptures. But the whole point of waiting isn't just to frustrate you, it's to build you. It's to make you better. Don't waste it. Can I get an amen? So I'm going to start with this Scripture. And then we'll pray. 
It says in Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, and, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what is connected to people not meeting up? A lack of encouragement. It's saying keep encouraging each other. Keep building each other. That's why you meet. That's the purpose. So the person that's not meeting is not encouraged. Is getting disillusioned, is getting isolated, is getting distracted, and therefore the prey, the enemy, is going to snuff you out. Before you know it, I don't believe anymore. Before you know it, I don't know what that's about. Before you know it, you're starting to make other decisions, building your life on other foundations. Before you know it, five years has passed, your life is dysfunctional, your life is a mess. You might even be addicted to some things, avoiding some things. Before you're, you know it, your life is over with regret. It's important. Today is important. Your decision today is important. This moment is important. Stay tuned. Are you with me? Yes. Give me 20 minutes. We're going to get together. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that your design for us was to always live life together. There's power in together. There's functioning together. And God, we were never designed to live alone and be alone. Thank you, Father, that you are with us here as we join together as one body. Speak through me, Father. Give me the right words to say in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Today's message is called The Importance of Being Together. I'm going to go straight into the first point. Together brings encouragement. Brings encouragement. I was speaking at prayer first to Garfield. He was absolutely buzzing with his cup of tea in his hand. And he was telling us, guess what? My group threw me a surprise party. They got together without telling me, and I feel so encouraged. He didn't actually say those words, but I got, the, I got the grasp off the smile on his face that he was encouraged. Why? Because they were together. They knew his name. Why? Because they had spent time together. They'd spoken together. We were at the CCI conference um, planting heaven yesterday, I personally was encouraged, not just by some of the sermons, not just by the worship, all was great, loved it, but actually by some of the conversations in between time, we're grabbing a coffee and a sandwich, speaking to other pastors, just talking, just being there together. It lifted my spirit, it encouraged me to keep going fighting the good fight, encouraged me, it reframed my mindset, maybe some things that were holding me back, I forgot about them, because I realized I'm not doing this alone, there's a bunch of other pastors, other leaders who are sacrificing, who are giving up their life, and boy is it a joy to be together, there's power in together, if 
Bible says in 1 Thessalonians in 5 verses 11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are, just as you are already doing. He's saying, keep going. When we talk about the fire of faith, we talk about like a bonfire. Really that bonfire grows when people in our church, not just up here, when on ground level we're just encouraging each other. We're actually praying, God, give me a word for the people in my group. Give me a word to encourage them. Help me not just to talk about how nice they are when they're dead. Have you noticed that? We're so, you know, maybe as Irish people, maybe it's just, if you're Irish in here, if you're from Northern Ireland, maybe, I don't know if it's in the culture, but I've found over the years that we're so excited about people when they're dead. What? They're the nicest person. Everyone loved them. Did you tell them that when they were alive? Well, I think they knew. What? I wonder if we could become a church, a people that we can actually be vulnerable enough to actually just tell someone, listen, I really, I, I really appreciate what you're doing there in the kids' ministry. I really appreciate that you actually text me when I, I was feeling down. I really appreciate the Friday nights that you're giving up for my kids. I really appreciate, I, I want to tell you, I actually never want to get sick of telling you how I feel about that. Because you know what it actually does for, for you as well? It frames your focus of your heart too. It helps you to not focus on all the things that are going wrong. It helps you to focus. And actually, I'm privileged. I've got some great people in this body, and I'm going to fuel the fire. I want to be known for what I'm for rather than what I'm against. Come on, who knows? You go down the street. There's Christian influences that sometimes are known more for what they're against than what they're for. I don't know about you, but Jesus was meeting with sinners all day long, one-to-one -one at wells, women caught in adultery, and he wasn't focusing on what they had done. He was exposing it on a one-to-one -one conversation, yeah? But he was saying, he, they were encountering the grace of God, the love of God that was changing them. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to turn. He's for us. He died before we repented. He loved us before we first loved him. He's for us. It's our choice now to whether we want to pick up our cross and be for him and die for him and lay down our life for him. But he's for us. That's good news. That's encouragement. I'm telling you, a culture of encouragement is addictive. It's exciting. You know, we even tell our welcome team, hey, pick when someone comes through the door. Find out what's going well for the person. Listen, they might not smell good, but they might look good. Might have nice shoes on at least. Or just focus on the good coffee that we're serving. Just focus on something good. Yes, there's conversations that need to happen. Yes, there's, there's challenges on maybe lifestyle, sin, whatever. But, but what I see in the scriptures, Jesus went one-to-one -one with the text collector to his house. Let's talk about that. And he came out and he wanted to give it all away. Something shifted in his heart. Encouragement is key. Encouragement is important, but we can't do it if you're not together. Some of you are like, I wish I was encouraged. Same, same. But there's zero chance of you getting encouragement if you don't talk to anyone above, beyond the surface. Like real encouragement. I don't mean just surface, like you're looking great. That's, that's nice. But what about real, spiritual, deep encouragement? When you're going through one of the lowest stages of your life and no one knows about it, how are you getting encouraged? How? You're not. If you're not together. Let's what is together? 
Together is not coming in and coming out. That's not really together. It's kind of together on the surface, but I'm telling you, some of you, you will not get the encouragement that you need to fulfill the assignment God has for you if you're not going deeper together. Pray first. You know what we do? We get together. We worship for a bit. We pray together. Not everyone has to pray because I know that makes some people not come. You'll never be forced, but it will will always encourage you to not let fear uh, direct your steps. (laughs) Let faith direct your steps. And then we get together and just teach people how to read the Scriptures, read the Bible in a very simple way. If you want to share, you share. You come away encouraged. Can I get an amen? You come away uplifted. Can I get an amen? You come away ready to be more effective. Can I get an amen? Come on. I'm getting encouraged right now because you're amen. I'm encouraged. Why? We're together. We're agreeing on some things which are God's chosen method and chosen way. It's so important, number two. Together brings function. Come on, some of you have brought friends. Maybe you're in here for the first time. Thank you for coming. I hope you feel welcomed because you are. And if you didn't feel welcomed, then we got some things to fix. Because that's who we are. It's a bit like life, isn't it? I'm a follower of Christ, but sometimes I could fall into sin. And as I speak and maybe I'm together with some people, they might see it. Oh, I have some things to fix. Phil, you, you, came, you came across angry there, did I? Oh, goodness, what's going on? Because I was together with someone, I got a mirror image of some things to fix, some things to work on. You think about this, if you're bringing, maybe you're a follower of Christ and you're like, I really want my family member or my brother or my cousin or my friend from school or whatever to come to church and you know this is the one chance they're coming. <laughs> this, there may not be another chance. Well, tell me this. Are you hoping that the welcome team are smiling? And the parking team isn't grumpy? Uh, are you hoping the toilets are clean? Are you hoping it smells good? Are you hoping you know, the worship team's in tune? <laughs> I'm not all like, come on, praise the Lord. Are you hoping that someone actually comes up and speaks to them and gets out of their click, gets out of their bubble? I'm not against clicks, by the way. Clicks are just your close friends. That's good to have close friends. I'm against it on a weekend when we're trying to serve people. Hello. Preach that again and again. And so what are you hoping for? You're hoping for the best possible communication from the front. You're hoping for the best possible space. Why? Because you know those things will distract. You know, some of you are wondering, like, why is it so dark in here? can't see nothing. Especially during the worship. Well, it's because we don't want you looking around. We believe if God can get a hold of your heart, if you can experience His presence in worship, you might see what He sees. And if that happens, your life will take a completely new course. But if you're sitting there looking around, worried about who's looking, like, I can't believe they're in church. Oh my goodness, I seen him last night in a hedge. (laughs) My hedge. I'm going to fix it later. But welcome to church. You don't need that when you're trying to worship. And so that's really, the, it's very simple. It's, we're just trying to keep you, the eye is attracted to light. The lights are up here. 
Let's focus on worship and the words. And let's go. And so together brings function. If we didn't have an incredible kids team, youth team, crash team, people who were faithful, committed to together, committed to service, committed to letting go of some of their time, getting up a little bit earlier, being on time. If we don't have those people, we don't have that experience for your friends, for your family. It gets sloppy. But people matter. People are a priority. And so we try our best. We're not perfect. We aim for excellence. Excellence is not perfection. But, but together brings function. We can't do it alone. The church is not one person. Church is not about me or any person on this stage. It's about Jesus. The church will go on beyond my years, my service, my time. And so we're building team like Jesus did. He built a team and then left. That's how we roll. We build a team and then we leave. No, we're not leaving, but you know what I mean. Healthy churches grow. We expand. We give birth to new churches. We're a part of planting a church through the ark in, in all across Ireland. In Newton Abbey, there's one we've, we've committed to helping, not just financially, which we have, but also um, through helping with different things, with sound, media, lights, all that kind of stuff. We're going we're to help them. They've asked for help. Church in Dublin asked for help as well. William's being put to work. Go for it, William. What, what a blessing. It's not just about us. We're connected together to something bigger. The capital C church. It says in Romans 12 and 4 and 5, Now we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. Thank goodness we don't have a bunch of just teachers in here. That would be so boring. Imagine everyone would have the gift of teaching. There would be no vision. There'd be no evangelism. They just want to teach. We love teachers. Pete, you're a great teacher, man. But, but teachers are wired differently to evangelists. Thank goodness for, for the people that cut our hair in this church who are incredible evangelists. They meet the whole town and then some. What a gift. What an assignment. What an ability. Come on, you. Skin fades for Jesus. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank goodness we have pastorally minded people in the church. So we're not just driving, working, going, serving. People slow us down and say, how are you feeling? Are you doing okay? When they're in hospital, we got people to visit when people are feeling down in groups, we've got pastorally minded people who are actually, how are you doing? And we're developing that team, by the way. I need help. Because to be quite honest, I'm probably, I've got a little bit of pastoral in me. But I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not really that strong with pastoral care. I'm probably more of a like, just, what, what are you doing? Get done. Stop doing that. Oh, have you stopped yet? <laughs> I was talking to a friend this week. I told him years ago, he's still doing the same thing, and he's kind of come to a crossroads, and I'm ex excited about it. But, yeah, stop doing it. <laughs> pastoral, thank you, pastoral team. Thanks, thankfully, we've got a prayer team who could pray all day and pray all night. A lot of you are like, what? 
I could never do that. You probably couldn't. Well, you probably could if you really had to. But they have a natural flow of prayer. And we're developing all those things, and those things will get better. They will grow more as we empower people. As we get together and get to know each other, we see gifts. I see gifts. My job is to empower people. It's to see gifts and empower. That's why some people don't like me. Because I make them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, oh, he's going to ask me to do something. I'm probably going to do that today, to be fair. Um, a few points. Don't, I can't tell you not to worry. No, I can't. Everyone's like, oh, no, is it me? Number three, together brings awareness. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 26 to 27, it says, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you're the body of Christ. Each one of you is, is part of it. That's a deep commitment. That's a deep commitment. That, that's further than just surface hellos. That, that goes beyond just kind of attending church. That's like when you hurt, I'm, I'm hurting. I can feel your heart. I can actually feel your pain. I'm, I'm actually allowing myself to go there and put myself in your shoes. When you're happy, I'm actually celebrating the whole way. I'm your, I'm your, I'm your biggest fan. And we all need those people in our, in our life. This is why it's important when we talk about groups. If nobody knows you and knows what you're going, how many times have I heard people, they're offended at the church, the church hurt me. Church didn't probably hurt you. People didn't know you. You weren't together. I'm not saying about vision. If it's a different vision, it's a different vision. But I, I, I say a lot of the time people feel hurt by the church because they weren't really together, but they had expectations of together. No one came to visit me. Well, did you actually go? Did you actually get involved in the church? Did you actually get involved to the point where you shared your heart, shared your wins and your suffering? Did you actually get that deep in? Because I... I know a lot of ministers and pastors and people in those kinds of positions and there's not, I can't even think of one that wouldn't want to go and help if they really knew. I can't think of one that wouldn't want, it with good intention, want to help you heal up from some suffering or walk through, at least do something. But a lot of these people I've found that have got hurt and wounded and offended, the, the pastor didn't even know. Or there was an expectation that was unrealistic. And it was never spoke about, but I'm away. And there's no opportunity to, don't be that person. The only person that lose out, loses out in that situation is that person. And all they do is they start going around discouraging people from actually giving relationships a chance. It becomes toxic. Talk, let's get together in a way where we can actually talk real talk. Because I'm telling you, freedom that God has designed us to have cannot come from anything else but going to that level. If you're in and out of church just on a weekend, it's not going to be enough. Not for real impact. Not for real life. Not for real suffering. Not for real issues. It's not going to be enough. I promise you. You've got to not let fear be your guide. You can't, you've got to say, I, I'm actually handing my resume, my, my CV back to fear. And I'm going to plan for faith. 
I'm going to apply for the job that God has got for me through faith. I'm going to actually get planted in the house. Thomas said this at prayer first. He says, listen, there's too many people and they're not seeds, they're stones. What happens to a stone when it's planted in the ground? Absolutely nothing. How did they change? In no way. How did they grow? Not at all. I'm telling you, it gets bored being a stone. And if you're not growing and experiencing life and experiencing vision, and that, that's how God ignites our spirit, through vision, through growth, through new doors of opportunity. We're wired for that as people, as humans. If we're not getting that, then guess what? You'll get that and you'll go grow a different plant. It's not going to be a plant that glorifies God. It's not going to be a seed that, it, that is um, born in the Spirit. It's going to be a seed that's born in the flesh. You're going to build your life for something which doesn't last. You're going to waste yourself. Why? Because you're stone. That's not God's plan for your life. That's not God's best for your life. You're a seed that needs to be planted into the dark and germinate, but it cannot happen without faith. It cannot happen without getting connected with other people. It cannot happen without going deeper. It cannot happen without being, listen, you cannot love someone without being vulnerable. It's impossible. We're talking about love. And listen, it's messy. It's messy, but what's new? If you really want to grow as a person, you're going to have to get into some situations where you have to ask yourself, why, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? And get emotionally intelligent. What, what does that really mean? Become self-aware. Build your sense of self through the Scripture. They said the number one quality that employers today, basically leadership of any kind, are looking for is not IQ. It's EQ. That's people who can get offended and deal with it in a mature fashion. Not just, I'm done. They didn't read my mind. To be honest, I've been there too many times with my wife. I'm, I can't believe you didn't read my mind. What? what? How do you know that? And then when I look, it's like I actually didn't verbalize it at all. But I still had the expectation that she should know and read my mind. So I've had to take feedback off that and realize and humble my humble myself and say, right, you need to actually <laughs> talk, Phil, and be vulnerable and take the risk of maybe not getting the answer that I want and sit in that and figure it out. And it takes time. And there's feelings of anxiety at times. But I'm not going to let that dictate. I'm going to walk through it, overcome it, that's who I am. I want the seed to grow into a beautiful plant that produces much fruit. I want to be able to help not just my generation, but the next. I want to I actually be of some use to people and to actually live a life where I can be encouraged. I used to actually hate getting encouragement. I don't, it made me feel a bit, ugh. <laughs> like, stop getting too close. <laughs> Get off me. It's too emotional. And I realized it was pride in me that didn't want to receive. I want to be, I, I, don't, I don't care, but I really did. I really wanted it, I really craved it, I needed it. But pride got in the way, something to think about. Four, together builds courage. This is where I, I encourage someone to come and help me. 
Big Al. Come on, put our hands together for Big Al. I have been going easy on you for the last while. This is not going to plan. No, so, so Big Al obviously got saved. Uh, he was my coach. Came reluctantly to church and has just grown. But I remember looking at Big Al and just thinking, oh man, I hope he continues to, like the seed, keep growing. Keep going through those bar- barriers. And I really felt for a while just need to make that next step, and without saying anything, he did. Um, and him and Esther, both. I was just kind of talking to him at prayer first, because he started coming to that. And we shared that, and, and just tell us a little bit about being together, and going beyond just surface weekend chat. Just tell us your experience. How that's helped you. Are you more encouraged? Are you more inspired? Do you feel more driven? I feel probably more... <laughs> Responsible for other people as well, my own family and the church, because, as I say, I was just sending out a lot of Sundays, and as you say, week to week, you get a wee buzz for a while. It's like McDonald's, you get a buzz for five minutes, and then you're starving again, and (laughs) (laughs) disappointed. So church was a wee bit like that, to be honest with you, but even with the fasting and stuff, and then the prayer first, and groups with Joe and Edith and things like that, myself and Esther, to be fair, both of us have got deeper and just getting more out of it from our own point of view like so so obviously that was probably the first group that you'd kind of like a study group that you'd attended from the church um so you would say when you started to go to that that really shifted some things yeah definitely because i say i don't know it's hard to do it on your own you i do listen to worship music all day when i'm driving and I do like reading, but funny, I can read novels quicker than I can read the Bible. <laughs> I can read a novel in a day, probably, but just when you're in that group, and seeing the prayer first, even reading the Bible, the four of us sitting in a wee circle, and it's amazing what you get out of it, whereas if I'm sitting reading that on my own, I'll get a wee bit, but I forgot about it, but I say, someone will say one thing they've got out of it, I'll get something, and then you have that honest discussion, and it just, it works, that's all I can oh, say. Come on, you're released. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I, I think we all yearn just to have gifts. Just tell us the truth. Just tell us something real. I don't want just the right thing to say, Phil. Um, it works. It genuinely works. We can read the scriptures together, simplify, and, and really be encouraged more together. There's something about it. So I want to encourage some of you who are sitting there and you're feeling a bit stagnated, just not as, you know... Just as Alan was saying, it's like a drive-through, kind of good for a few hours, or, but by Monday you're starting to... God has not designed us to be like that. Actually, in the scriptures we're going to read in a second here, they met daily. No wonder. They met at the temple daily. It makes sense. Because we're saying that we're kind of... The manna for that day is gone. I need a new fill today. There's something in that. So this um, Acts early church... God's designed for the church. If you want to know anything in the scriptures and you're trying to figure out what's you know, a certain word mean, um, there's a principle in the Bible. It's the first mention principle. Wherever it's mentioned first, that's usually the definition of that particular topic. And so we hear, here we have the early church, the beginning of the church. 
Uh, it says in Acts 2, verses 42 to 43, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. And in prayers, everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostle. Everyone, everyone say everyone. Everyone was encouraged. Everyone was fired up. Everyone was filled. Goes on to say in Acts 4 and 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered, who prayed? The church. Where were they? Together. Together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. When we get together, Alan said it, he testified, boldness comes. All of a sudden, you're testifying more in work. All of a sudden, you're leading your family better. All of a sudden, you're walking with faith. All of a sudden, your spirit shifts from fear to faith. But it cannot happen, I believe, without being together. It says in Acts 2 and 46, Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Are you getting the point? Together, regularly. Listen, we're only doing prayer first once every other week. Maybe we need to up it. But hey, I wonder what would happen if you at least started there and got the ball rolling I wonder if we, we could commit to one hour, one week committed to being together, what would happen? You might be surprised. You might be shocked. But listen, if you're not willing to go there, don't be expecting encouragement. Don't be expecting courage. Don't be expecting your assignment to be fulfilled. Don't be expecting God to move powerfully in your life. Don't be expecting anything. Don't be expecting people to know about your suffering and being there and showing up at the funeral. Don't be expecting it. Don't be expecting words of affirmation or encouragement if nobody knows and you're not connected. Clear expectations. At least you'll not be offended if you don't expect it. But I'm let me encourage you to expect more from God. You can. He will. But it's got to be His way, His system. Can I get an amen? Dylan, as we close off here. You see, together brings encouragement, together brings function, together brings awareness, and together brings filling. Let's go ahead and stand. I want to finish with this. This is not on the screen. I added this this morning as I was praying for today's message. You see, all these things about being together are super powerful. They'll change your life, but they'll not just change your life. When your life is changed, you will change others. It's essential. It's important. It's not optional. If, we're, if, we want, if we want to love God, the Bible says we obey God. If you don't obey God, you're not loving God. It's the reality. And if you obey God, you'll experience the power of God. And you'll see the fruit of God. And there's a scripture that we love to use and I want to give the context of it and it's, it's where two or more are gathered there. Jesus is speaking about this. There, God's presence is in the midst. That's actually not just talking about just gathering for prayer. It's actually talking about gathering for resolution around issues, around problems, around discipline. And he's, he's saying, Jesus is saying, listen, when two or more are gathered, there's witnesses, there's accountability. 
There's also dysfunction. But when we bring the name of Jesus into it with two or three, there's resolution together. What Jesus is really preparing the church for He's preparing them for the attack of the enemy. That when someone gets isolated through sin, through distraction, that's really what sin often comes from. And, and the herd is over here and they're, they're, they're alone. And there's separation. He's saying, hey, let's fight for together. Let's get them back together and bring them back into agreement, back into alignment. Because when they're in the herd, when the lions come, We've got some elders in the flock who will fight them off with truth. They will fight them off with the word. They will fight them off with the sword of the spirit. We've got some people. We've got some big bulls in the church who will protect the weak. And so this, when two or more gather, let's come together and fix this offense and fix this issue. Let's fight for together. Let's fight for the saints. Let's fight for the weak in faith. Let's fight but we cannot do it unless we're together. And so at this moment in time, with every head bowed and eye closed, the Holy Spirit is speaking, I believe. He's telling you your next step, or at least there's an idea in your head, and there's fear also of what if. I want, I would love some people with the power of the Holy Spirit to have courage right now and say, I'm committed to together. I'm committed to going deeper. I'm committed to creating space. I'm committed, I'm committed to sacrifice and making it a priority to be together, not just on a weekend, in groups. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat church podcast